What up, guys? This is The Chase Down. I'm JP, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. What's up, everybody? And with the draft tonight, we figured we should update you guys on how our feelings have changed towards ter- certain prospects. Um, so I think we're just going to hop right into it. Ben, you were previously very, very low on Evan Mobley, who I'm about as high on as any prospect I've ever watched in my entire life. You're starting to change on that a little bit, right? Yes. Um, my, my concern is that I have been tricked by the thon makers of the past, um, where it's just really tall dudes who can dribble the ball and just absolutely destroy a bunch of children in high school games. Um, but Evan Mobley actually has real, real talent. He's like an amazing passer as a big man. Um, the thing that I heard when I was just listening to talks about him is the fact that he could be the, the thing that I heard that I liked is he could be a triple double guy who could also have like all defensive potential. Like he can do so much on both sides of the ball. He will get stronger eventually, but until then you can play him at the four. I totally agree. And I mean, you guys have known if you listen to our podcast, like I'm about as high on this player as I think any player I've ever like evaluated myself. I just love the way he plays basketball. Um, I think he's going to be like a top 15, 12 guy in the league. Um, I'm super high on him. So I'm very glad to see you coming around to my side. I think, so before we move on from Mobley, what do you think about him as a rookie? Because the way I view it is I think he's going to walk into the uh, the NBA being an elite defender. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about what we both think he'll be elite at. Weak side, help defense, he will be already elite. I think he's going to be like an elite rim protector. Like he could be a five or four. I just think he's going to be elite at like putting a can on the rim. Yeah. Yeah. There's not that many players who can do what like Joel Embiid can do and just move a body out of the way. Um, But I guess it like on Cleveland next to Jared Allen, if Jared Allen's taking all those bumps and he just gets to come over and get highlight blocks, I think he'll do that incredibly. Um, I also think, he might be able to guard like a uh, small forward or a shooting guard who can dribble the ball. I don't know about quick point guards, but his on-ball defense is not bad on bigger guys who can actually handle the ball. Yeah, I watched the full UConn versus USC game yesterday just for fun as we're leading up to the draft. And, I mean, there were a few possessions where he was stuck on James Booknight at the perimeter, and he fared pretty well for himself. And James Booknight's probably going to go top seven. So – uh, this dude can definitely stick on dudes at the perimeter. I just think as a defensive weapon entering the league, he's already got like an elite skill. And then from then on, it's just going to be figuring out his offensive game in the league. But I, I think eventually that'll come around. But a player I want to talk about quickly that I've kind of cooled off on a bit, and I think I've told you this over just phone, is Jalen Green. So Jalen Green, I had in the superstar tier while we did the tier um, episode. And I think I'm starting to cool down on that opinion. Um, If his comps are like Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, and guys like that who just pour in buckets with skill and athleticism, but barely do anything else, I'm just, I don't know if I can call him a superstar. Like, I don't consider Bradley Beal a superstar. I consider him a superstar scorer, and that's it. Like, there's a there's a certain mold that he fits. He's not, he's not with Kawhi. He's not with LeBron. He's not with Joel Embiid. He's not with Giannis. He's just a guy who can get you a bucket anytime he wants. 
And even though that's super valuable, I don't see it as like a winning trait personally. Um, and that kind of leads into the next thing that I want to talk about is Jalen Suggs. My opinion on him has risen. I think these two players, Jalen Green has gotten all the hype throughout this entire process. And I think I was blinded by it a little bit. Um, I think just because of how much notoriety he has from being the number one overall recruit in high school and just having the flashy plays and stuff like that, Jalen Suggs has been overshadowed and he has better playmaking. He has better defense and he shoots about the same percentage from three. So I'm confused on why Jalen Green is getting such more praise than him. I, I still think Jalen Green's going to have a better career than Jalen Suggs, but I don't think it's as far as a gap as people are kind of making it seem. So I have a couple things. I, I agree with you. I was actually about to interrupt you and ask you whether you think Jalen Suggs is better. Um, the thing with Jalen Green is he got a lot better as the season progressed. If you go month by month and you check his stats, it's going to look uh, like he's a lot better of a player because those averages, his percentages went up, his numbers went up. Um, so the 18 points per game and the 36% three-point shooting is a little bit um, like doesn't tell the, the full story. Yeah. But I agree. Jalen Green, if he wants to be a superstar, he has to be in, in the 30 points per game category. He can't be like a 24, 25 points per game and consider him a superstar because his only really elite skill is scoring. Um, he, he shows effort on defense, but he is very skinny. Um, but I, I'm not sure how cerebral of a player he is. I'm not sure how high his basketball IQ is. He just seems like a guy who knows how to get a bucket. And that's the thing. Like, his, his feel for the game is lower than Jalen Suggs, yeah. for sure. Like, Jalen Suggs just has that thing where it's like he makes plays that you know other people wouldn't think of. And I think Jalen Green's going to have an ex excellent career. I think you're right. Like, he would have to hit that 28, 29, 30-point-per-game threshold to be considered a superstar. But I think Jalen Suggs can do a lot more for you um, just the total package of basketball, just assisting, playmaking, defense, driving to the cup, shooting. Like he has kind of all of it. Jalen Green is just elite, elite, elite at like one thing. So yes. I've kind of cooled down on Green and I've kind of risen on Suggs. I still have Green as like my third best player in the draft. And still I have Suggs actually moving above Scotty Barnes back to the fourth best player in my draft. I, I think it's totally fair. I think I, I think there's a good chance that Jalen Suggs has a better career than Jalen Green. Because um, if he could grow as a scorer, he's not an excellent scorer. He's about average. But if he could grow as a scorer, he is an excellent ideal point guard for a team. Um, but it depends on what your team's looking for. Jalen Suggs is going to bring leadership, and he's going to bring someone who can handle the ball and run an offense and play good defense as a point guard. Um, if you need a really good score, if that's a piece that you're missing, Jalen Green plugs into any system amazingly. Um, but I do think Jalen Suggs, uh, as an all-around offensive player and as an all-around point guard, is better. And another thing I noticed about Jalen Green, too, because I watched a few of the G League Ignite games, and it was actually Kaminga who stood out to me. Unfortunately, I've fallen way off him. Both of us have. Um, but – Jalen Green isn't like an elite passer of the basketball, not even really average passing at the basketball. He is there to get his bucket, and that's about it. 
the one thing that makes me believe that he's really going to work is his work ethic. I mean, the way this dude talks and the way this kid grinds, I just believe that he'll figure out the other aspects of the game. But I think it's going to take him longer to figure out those aspects of the game than Jalen Suggs because Suggs kind of already has it figured out. So I have them a little bit closer together. And previously, I thought Green was in the same category as Mobley and Cade, and I do not think that anymore. Yeah, I think that they're about the same. I do think Green, just as a score, is going to be way better. So he's going to be viewed as a higher prospect. Um, I was just about to say something about Jalen Green. Oh, I think he'll be able to put up at least 40 in a game in his rookie season. I think he's going to be the more entertaining highlight player. Um, But Jalen Suggs just has a much higher floor already. And me and you have texted over this. I think Jalen Green is going to be very similar to Anthony Edwards in his rookie year. Anthony Edwards, he had about a month and a half, two months, where he legitimately looked like an all-star level scorer. And then he had like a two-month stretch where he looked like maybe he shouldn't even be in the league. Yeah. Um, I think there is potential for Jalen Green to have a month or two where he averages like 25 points per game. But I think he's going to have some woes too. I think, I think there's going to be a little drought here and there where he's shooting 30% from the floor and 26% from three. And he'll just work his way through it. But I think he's going to get buckets and he will figure it out by the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think we both still have Scotty Barnes going fifth. Um, I just want to list out my top five. Cade first, Jalen Green second. This is what I think is going to happen. Cade oh, first, okay. Jalen Green second, Mobley, Suggs, and then Barnes. Yeah. Okay. So, James Booknight is flying up in mock boards. Yeah. And I don't buy it. I don't know that a couple of good workouts means that you're all of a sudden a good shooter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like he's a good free throw shooter. He's always been a good free throw shooter. So there's reasons to believe that like he could be, but yeah. anybody should be able to shoot in front of a, in an empty gym in front of a bunch of coaches. If you're trying to be an NBA player. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I just don't know how much I buy. I think a team in like the top 10 is going to bite on him. I'm not sure if he's a top 10 talent right away. So I've been hearing rumors or reading rumors rather that he's like almost a lock to go to OKC if they can't trade up and him at six seems very high. Um, I think it's influenced by the fact that Kaminga, everyone's kind of down on Kaminga and no one wants him. So I think that also lends itself to why book nights flying up the boards, but he is similar to Jalen green in my opinion, like he's really good at scoring, but there's not a whole lot else. Like, even when Book Knight, I've been watching some Book Knight stuff, and he's a really good cutter, but he's a good cutter, and it leads to his buckets. Like, it doesn't lead to anything else. So he is great at finding different ways to score at an elite level, but he, he he's not a black hole because I've seen he's willing to get rid of the ball. Um, but just I, I want to interject a little bit. If yeah. he goes six, playing next to a really good half-court offense runner like Shea Gilgis-Alexander will be great for him. Really, really I, great. That's actually it's an it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. But I am curious. He's active on the defensive end, but he's he's kind of like Kemba Walker, where Kemba tries, but just because of his stature and like he's not really sitting in a chair and locking anyone up, but he tries hard enough. So that's really what matters. Um, but he's kind of just out for his bucket, and maybe that's because he was on UConn and he was by far the most talented player on that team. I'm not sure, but. 
Yeah, he just kind of reminds me of, like, a lesser version of Jalen Green, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players in the league who you give them the ball and they try to score. Like, I think that'll be his role for the most part, um, especially his rookie year, even maybe his sophomore year, is someone else sets up your offense and you just get us a bucket. I just um, I think he'll do that fine. I just don't like players like Jordan Clarkson. I hate watching that type of basketball where it's just like if the ball touches – my hand, I'm getting a bucket. He's not like that. He's willing to get rid of the ball. And so is Jalen Green. There's a kid that I'll talk about in a little bit who's just like that. There's a lot of guys in this draft that are kind of there just to get their own shots. Yeah, yeah. I I think Book Knight's not exactly that dude, but there may be flashes of that his rookie year, just him trying to do a little bit too much and prove himself too much. Um, I want to talk about Jonathan Kaminga, though, just a little bit, because the last time we talked, I said that this dude's probably going to be a bust. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a little premature. Okay. Um, he is very, very young. And the things that he, – he's a really good shot creator, but a very bad shot maker. Um, he is able to get open looks pretty often and pretty easily, and he's got fluid handles. That's the thing that I didn't really see enough of when I was calling him a bust, is he can actually handle the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um. If he ended up going seventh to Golden State, he's kind of like a forward Draymond Green where he's not going to be relied on for offense. They're different players, but he's not going to be relied on for offense. He's just going to dribble the ball and hand it to Steph Curry. Um, But I think he'll probably be a better player than I thought earlier. I think it really depends on his landing spot. I, I think Golden State is a nice fit for him. If he goes somewhere like... Orlando like if Orlando takes him with the eighth pick we will not hear from Jonathan Kaminga ever again he will fall into the void and no one will ever know who he is um I I think on the Warriors though they could stick him on the bench with Wiseman and hopefully Draymond Green just is like his army sergeant and just like tells him how to play basketball correctly yeah Um, he needs that that's that's the big problem with him you're right about the landing spot because his problem is his IQ his decision making is not good yeah Um, and James Wiseman's got some bad decision-making. And I, I don't know, it took the whole season to try to change some of those errors. And it's not like he ever really was fixed. Um, I think he'll go seventh if he's available. I'm a little bit worried with him on the Warriors. But I think he'll be a really good passer. In and the thing with Kaminga, he will suffer from the same thing Wiseman did last year. Like, that team's trying to win games. They're not just trying to like develop young talent they're trying right. to win a championship so if he makes mistakes he will not get minutes and there was games where Wiseman was put on the bench Wiseman played 12 minutes you know what I mean like Kamingo mm-hmm. will face the same thing so yeah I'm not sure on Kamingo. I still don't love him like I just think the three-point shooting the decision making he's kind of a ball hog so like all those things just kind of scare me off of him yeah no totally fair who's your player uh, a player I want to talk about that I was kind of alluding to with the Jordan Clarkson thing is this guard named Cameron Thomas from LSU who has shot up some people's boards. Uh, not a ton. I think he'll probably end up going in like this 15 to 23 range, like somewhere in there. Um, but basically he's just a bucket getter. He scored 23 points per game for LSU. He shot close to 90% from the free throw line but he only averaged 1.4 assists a game. 1.4 assists. He has a negative assist-to-turnover ratio. It's just 
he, he catches the ball, he's going to the hoop, or he's taking a shot. And that's Jordan Clarkson to a T. And Jordan Clarkson's probably my least favorite player to watch in the league right now. So I'm just not high on him. I think whoever gets him will get a scoring boost to their bench, but I won't be watching. I mean, yeah, I, I am not as strong in this hatred as you are. I think it's a, it's a useful thing. Could you imagine how many times the Celtics could have used a dude who we could pass it to and he'll probably score for us? Um, like if you keep his ego down and you put him on the bench as like an eighth man and you don't ever start him in games and don't give him that idea that he's like one of our best. Yeah. Um, somebody who could get you like 14 points per game off the bench on good efficiency. Like that's a, that's a well-needed piece for a team. It depends on where he goes and what kind of role he's asked to do. He needs to be a bench guy, a sixth man. He can't be thrown into a starting position and expected to like help the team succeed. Yeah, that makes sense. I think a team like the Knicks, who just struggles on offense in general, would be a nice fit for him. You can just yes. throw him off the bench and get get you like 14 points on decent efficiency. Um, I think a team like that would be a decent fit for him. But overall, I just don't love watching that type of basketball. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's ball stoppy. It's definitely that's his game. Is uh, Kelly Oubre's got the same kind of game. Yeah. You get, put the ball in my hands and I'm trying to score. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't always work out. Uh, another player that you were wicked early on that I just want to talk about. My opinion hasn't really changed, but I do want to talk about him because he's been rising up mock drafts is Josh Giddy, And I had him mocked on my first one to Golden State at 14. Some people are saying he could even be chosen with the seventh pick. And people are hearing Toronto is interested with him at like interested with Josh Giddy at number four. So, like, there is a wide range for this kid to land. I think his floor is probably San Antonio at 12. Um, but basically, my comp for him or shades of was, like, Lonzo Ball. That's what I saw with him. Just a guy who's got gifted, gifted playmaking skills, and he's, like, willing to defend and rebound. He's not the greatest defender. He's kind of got slow feet, but he's willing to try at six foot eight, And he's 18, too. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to figure it out a little bit more, so – um, I think he would be so good on so many different teams. And he's kind of becoming one of my draft darlings. Like, depending on where he lands, I think he's going to have a really nice career. Yeah, I really think that a team that reached, that really reached, like if the Warriors took him at seven, I don't think they'd end up regretting it. Um, he is going to be a great playmaker. He's got a high basketball IQ. He sees the game pretty well. He's just not an athlete. Um, he's not very quick. He's not a good leaper. He's not, uh, like he just doesn't have any of the athletic tools, but he is a very smart and good basketball player. He just needs to learn how to shoot. His shot mechanics a little messed up, but he is a really, really good passer and a very willing rebounder. And I think that that's important. Yeah. And it is kind of like Lonzo where like, if someone gets up into his chest at the three point line, he's not really the type of guy that can shake that off. Like he's just going to pass the ball to the next guy. If he could develop a more advanced handle or just kind of learn how to use his size to get past guys, kind of like Cade does, like if he could just learn how to like body people to get them off of him, I think he would have such success in the game. And honestly, I think he's going to be great, like as a bench unit guy from the start of his career. I, I really, if he lands on Golden State, I just think he's going to be the perfect fit there. I would love for them to draft him. Yeah, yeah, I think he would be really good. I don't think he'll fall to 14. I don't think there's a chance that they can take an earlier player and get no. him later. 
Um, I've heard Memphis at 10 as well. I've heard Memphis is very interested in Josh Giddy. Pairing him with John Morant would be super interesting. Not a lot of shooting there, but the playmaking would be pretty intense. That would be. Uh, yeah, I actually really like that idea. Um, I had another player that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Just like another I, – I had some very, very harsh low opinions on some players. Um, <laughs> Kai Jones could be a good basketball player if he was drafted to the right team. Um, I think I, I heard talk <clears throat> about him going to the Hornets. Mm-hmm. The Hornets have needed a big man. He would be a lob threat every possession. Yeah. He's not a good on-ball defender, but he has lots of highlight blocks. Um, and I don't know. I could just see him getting lots of blocks that turn into very quick fast breaks for the Hornets. Um, and he'll, he'll have to learn how to play defense, but I think there's teams he could go to and actually have a shot. And I didn't think that before. I, I was watching the Texas-Oklahoma State game against Cade, Kai Jones, and he plays like he's Kevin Durant. He really does. It's interesting to watch a guy that big play the way he plays like when you look at his body he's clearly a center but he thinks he's like a forward or a shooting guard the way he plays if they could just drill in his head you're running the floor as hard as you can every single possession and Lamelo's going to toss it up for you I think you're right I don't think he'll fall out of the league I think he actually might be beneficial because you can have him leak out to the corner three and run for lobs that's what every team in the NBA is looking for so I think me and you were both a little too harsh on our guy, Kai Jones. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think we both were. Um, some of his, his problems are very big problems. Yeah. Um, but there's no reason he can't get there. If he has the right coaching and the right work ethic, there's no reason he can't eventually get there. Another guy I want to talk about that we didn't even mention in the mock draft or tier list is Zaire Williams. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like he was the sixth best player in high school. He went to Stanford, had a horrible college experience, just did not play well. But a lot of people are attributing that to like whether COVID or he had a death in the family and just some odd stuff happened to him along the year. And I'm willing to give this guy a chance. Like I put out on our Instagram, I think the Grizzlies should take him at 10. I wouldn't even mess around. I would just take the high upside pick if I were the Grizzlies at 10. Take this guy. I see shades of, like, Michael Porter Jr., just a tall guy who can get to his shot with some decent handle. Um, I don't know. I, I like that fit for the Grizzlies. What do you think about Zaire? He is scary skinny. <laughs> um, he is Brandon Ingram skinny, but, like, even a little bit worse. 6'8", 188. Yeah. Um, it's making me feel bad. I'm I'm that I'm 188 and I'm six feet tall. That's like <laughs> that's a little bit crazy. Yeah. Um I don't know, man. Yeah, that that year at Stanford was really terrible, but you're right. Mm-hmm. He was such a high respect <clears throat> high respected dude going into Stanford. Yeah. Um I think he'll be fine offensively. Definitely like if he's in the early twenties or somewhere in the 20s, he would be a good pick, or like maybe 19, he'd be a good pick. I'm not sure that I'd pick him higher than that. That's fair. And another guy we have to talk about is Usman Garuba. Yes, let me hear it. Me and you, more me than you, but off air, we joke about him just because his name's kind of funny, and he's just this giant man who seem seemingly would be a better football player than basketball player. <laughs> But I'm actually starting to come around on him. And let me just give you guys a breakdown on why. 
I think he's legitimately going to walk into the NBA as a really good defender immediately. Um, he played Team USA the other day, was guarding Kevin Durant, was guarding Jason Tatum, was guarding guys like this and holding his own, and he's only 19. Um, he doesn't have much of an offensive game, but I think in close moments or if you're trying to stop a, like a run of the other team, I think you could throw him in and he could really help you on the defensive end. So if a team's looking for a utility piece, like I think he would be great on Portland just because they have such a horrible defense every year. I think if you get a guy like that, that helps that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He is a big time hustle guy and an excellent defender and a very smart defender. Yeah. Um, and he's really switchable. Um, I, I, he could be good in the league. He'd be very, very specialized in his role because you're right. Yeah. He doesn't have a good offensive game. He's got bad free throw shooting percentages. Um, I've never really see, <clears throat> seen much to see him as like a good offensive threat, but yeah. defensively, he's going to come into the league ready to go. He's going to come into the league ready to guard threes and fours, like good threes and fours. Yeah. yeah. Um, 6'8", 230. He is a, a very, very muscular dude. Yeah, he, he is built like a line, maybe not even a linebacker, more of a D lineman, honestly. The, yeah. the dude's just immense. He's a good um, passer, too. Not a yeah. bad passer. Yep, yep, has the knack of just making the extra pass. So, I don't know, this draft just seems stacked. I know every single year, like, people that people like us really think everyone in the draft is going to turn out all right. And it's re it really is hard to kind of pick busts out of this draft. It just seems like every single guy has an avenue to become at least okay in the league. Yeah. Um, I just think, what do you, before we move on, thoughts on Davian Mitchell? Because I know we texted about him a little bit, and he has fallen drastically in NBA GM's minds. I mean, he was pegged at number six for a long time, and now he's maybe not even going to be picked in the lottery. So just give me your breakdown quickly on what your opinion of Davian Mitchell is. So I think it makes absolute sense that he has fallen so far in the draft. Not because I think anything bad about him as a talent, but most of these GMs are looking for young, high upside guys um, and not necessarily a talented high floor, but low ceiling guy who can help us right now. Davion Mitchell, six feet tall, flat. Um, he is built like a brick. He is 202 pounds. He is a strong man and he's yeah. a good athlete. Um, not a leaper, but like he can, he can hold his own as a defender really well. Yeah. Um, and he had one really good year shooting from three. His attempts per game were almost double what they were his year before. Yeah. So I think that that's real. I think it's legitimate. But there's reasons for GMs to be concerned. Um, I still think he will be a great piece. As like a fifth, sixth man, best man on a team. I think he'll be a great piece for whatever team takes him. I'm in total agreement. I think as the fifth, sixth, seventh best guy on a team, you can't really miss with Davian Mitchell. If you're expecting more than that, I understand why you want to pick him later um and obviously gms aren't trying to draft fifth sixth seventh best players on their team they're trying to get guys who can crack into the top three spots on their franchise so right. um as an older guy who's 22 who like you said really only had one good three-point shooting season i can understand the caution on the side of nba gms but I mean, as a Celtics guy, he does give me shades of Marcus Smart. I don't think he'll ever be as good as Marcus Smart, but just a guy who's going to try his ass off, dive on the floor, lock up people on the perimeter, and even be able to, like, defend bigger guards, I think. Like, 
he could switch on to Clay Thompson, I think, personally. Um, so I just – I think he's going to have a good NBA career. I get why he's falling, though. My opinion of him hasn't dropped. Um, I, I know you're more convinced about the three-point shooting than I am, but I just think as, like, a defender, you can't miss with this dude. So you got to take him eventually. Right. I think if he fell to 14, he would be a good second pick for the Warriors. Um, yes. You don't have to play him with Steph Curry. It probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be smart to. Um, but we've seen that they suck as soon as Steph Curry sits. As soon as they bring in their backup point guards, they get <laughs> lots of opportunities to hit wide open threes and they can't do it. Um, and I have faith that Davion Mitchell will be able to do it. Um, is there any players that are in the 22 to 30 range towards the end of the first that you think are worth talking about? I had a name that I'm not sure if you know much about. Literate. Um, big man Dayron Sharp from North Carolina. Yeah, let's hear of it. He is 6'11", 265. He doesn't look like a great offensive player, um, but he is a pretty agile dude for a 6'11 big man. Um, And he's got a lot of hustle and he's not a bad rebounder. And I think in the late first round, you could, that would be a good backup big to pick up for, for a lot of teams. Yeah. He's just got immense size too, like 6'11", 270. Like any team's going to need that. Um, if you put him on the bench of a team, I think he's big enough, strong enough, like good enough at what he does to kind of anchor a bench unit. Um, I heard he came in like 20 pounds overweight to like a workout, oh, which, man. which isn't the greatest. Like that's yeah. a little scary. Um, I, I think that was him. I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure I heard that about him. Uh, the guy I like is Isaiah Todd. Uh, he's just like a 6'10 shooter from the G League Ignite. And I heard yeah. a lot about him in high school. Um, he was one of the guys <laughs> I liked watching. Um, but yeah, he shoots it pretty well at 6'10, 6'11. Uh, I don't think he got the most opportunities on that team because there were guys like Kaminga and Jalen Green on that team. Like, he was definitely the third, fourth peg on that team. And I think if an NBA team needs some shooting from a bigger guy, I think Isaiah Todd's a pretty good selection. Like, maybe the Lakers or the Jazz could use a guy like him. Yeah, I'm. my mindset has flipped a little bit on tall guys that can only shoot. Um, but I mean, he's 19 years old. There's no reason he can't add more things to his game. He's a pretty yeah. mobile athletic dude. Um, but yeah, perimeter shooting, he's going to come into the league with that ready. People don't really talk about Isaiah Todd. The whole point of the G league ignite team was to give Isaiah Todd, Jalen green and Kaminga chances to prove themselves as young talents. Um, and Isaiah Todd was kind of forgotten about, but you're right. I think as a late first round pick, he'll be a, like a great piece. I think he's probably got a long NBA career ahead of him. And this is going to be an interesting experiment with the G League Ignite guys because he's got to play against grown men the entire year. Like if he was playing against accountants and office managers the whole year, like some of some other college players were, he'd probably be a top 15 pick in this draft. I think because he sheltered away at the G League Ignite games – it's harder to really get excited about him, but he still played well against grown men. So I have hope for him. I think he's going to be a nice little steal there at the end of the first round. I agree. I mean, he was the the third most important piece, maybe not really, but like the, the third highlight piece on the team. Right. Yeah. Um, they were focused more on Kaminga and Jalen Green and look at how high those dudes are going to go in the draft. Like it makes, it makes sense that he fell a bit. If he was the main guy on a college team, you're right. He would probably be a top 15 pick. 
um, I, I think whoever takes him late the first is going to be very happy that they did. Yeah, I think so too. I think that wraps up all the draft stuff. So we're just going to get into the trades really quickly. We have some Ben Simmons talk. Um, the Sixers are basically just trying to ship Ben Simmons anywhere they can find him. San Antonio was uh, offered Ben Simmons for four first round picks and three pick swaps plus a young play, a young player. That's just ridiculous. Toronto had to offer Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, the fourth overall pick, and some future picks. That's too much. I think Daryl Morey's just making the price so exorbitantly high that eventually when he lowers it down to normal expectations, people are going to jump all over it. I don't actually think he wants offers like that. I just want I think he just wants to see if there are people stupid enough to actually give him what he wants. Yeah, I mean, it would be a massive, massive win for Daryl Morey if he could ship out Ben Simmons and bring in enough talent, enough assets to rebuild a team. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't expect that to happen. I think, I don't know, I would like to see Ben Simmons on a small market team. I think if Bradley Beal leaves, um, Simmons, Ben Simmons could be good on Washington. He could be good on like OKC, maybe maybe Minnesota, a team that doesn't have a lot of high hopes that he can just kind of get back into confidence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no way anybody is trading four first round picks, a handful of pick swaps, and a good young player for Ben Simmons. It's just there's no point. He's getting no. paid so much money, and there is no guarantee that he's any kind of basketball player. Exactly. We don't even know what Ben Simmons is anymore. We know he's a he's great in transition. He's an all NBA defender every single year. We don't know what he is on the offensive uh, side of the court yet. We just don't know. So the team who gets him is really taking an experiment. Like what if he is just Draymond Green the rest of his career? What if that's his cap? What if that's his ceiling? So I think four first round picks is just ridiculous. I mean, that's that's what you give up for guys like James Harden and Kawhi Leonard and stuff like that. It's it's not what you give up for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, no. The the potential is so alluring. He could be a really good player one day. But honestly, in my opinion, I'm okay getting burned about this. Ben Simmons isn't gonna develop an offensive game. He's gonna perfect what he has. He may get a low post game. Um, he's never gonna be a shooter. I am totally okay agreeing with you with that. And if he proves proves us wrong, that's great for us because then we get to watch a really exciting player. But I I don't think he's going to put it all together. And the next player we have to talk about is Brad Beal. Reports were coming out that by draft day, he would be asking for a trade. Uh, We have not heard that as of yet. So definitely keep an eye out for that. But as Celtic fans, I know I'm super excited because – Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, they got that connection. There's been social media posts, Jason Tatum commenting the shamrock under the report that Bradley Beal would be requesting a trade. So, um, I don't know. I'm super excited. I'm a little nervous because I'm scared we're going to give Jalen Brown away. But overall, I think I think that would be cool to have Brad Beal on the Celtics, and that would bring us probably closer to a championship. Yeah, I'm not sure that I like Jalen Brown for Brad Beal. I think the only way I'm okay with this is if we keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yes. Um, Which it's unlikely that nobody else could offer a better package. But if Bradley Beal did the kind of Anthony Davis thing where he said, like, this is the team I want to go to, trade me to Boston. Yeah. Um, Marcus Smart, Rob Williams, maybe Neesmith at a couple of firsts. Yeah. Maybe add Peyton Pritchard to that if they give a shit about Peyton Pritchard. Like, that's not a bad package. No. Um, And then you'll probably see Russell Westbrook get moved, and you'll see a bit of a rebuild in Washington. Um, 
I, I think it's definitely possible. I don't know how long Bradley Beal is going to hold out. Like the reports where he was going to try to do it before the draft. If he doesn't, I don't know. Do you think he'll stay the whole year in Washington? Yes, because then he can just go to whatever team he wants to and get as big as a contract as he wants to. Because free agency is pretty, pretty freeing, obviously. So yeah, I think he's willing to do the whole sit the year out, or maybe not sit the year out, but just play, get it over with, and then next year he can start with whatever team he wants to. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's probably likely. Um, the Celtics don't have the cap space next year to sign him, so if we want Bradley Beal, we got to get him now. Yeah. Because um, if we end up extending Rob Williams and we extend Marcus Smart, um, we just do not have the money to sign Brad Beal. And I think they would probably end up doing a sign-and-trade anyway if he did play this next year with them, just so the Wizards could get something back. He's been there for a long time. I'm sure he doesn't want to leave that team barren, just scrambling for good players. So, um, yeah, I love Rob Williams. I love Marcus Smart. I'm okay with letting those guys go to get a top 20 player on our team. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for trade rumors. I've heard some Russell Westbrook stuff too, but – one more thing, just yeah. how, how certain are you about Dame Lillard trade rumors? How are you feeling about that? How likely? He's, like, starting to deny it pretty heavily, and I know most players do this, but something feels real about it now. Like, I thought His it was teammates all teammates are getting involved, too. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, I think. It's C.J. McCollum hopping on tweet replies and just laughing at him and stuff like that, and then Dame replying to a C.J.'s tweet. It's like – they're interacting him and his teammates about how laughable it is. So that's when they start like laughing at reports and stuff like that, it makes it seem a lot less believable. I don't know for sure, but I'm starting to get less confident that he gets moved at all. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, there were a couple of things that they were laughing about on Twitter. One of them was that Dame Lillard was going to get a buyout from Portland and give up some of his money. Yeah. Um, and Dame Lillard is apparently a very, very frugal dude. So there wasn't <laughs> a shot in hell he was giving up a paycheck. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance, man. It depends. I mean, it's it's it sucks, but like even seeing Dame and CJ so buddy buddy, CJ could be shipped before the season starts. Yeah. Um, and I I I don't know. I just I know that Dame Lillard's not winning a championship with that crew. Um, so I want to see him gone. Um, but I don't know, give it another year, see what happens. I guess I, I respect that. Yeah, I do too. I, I would love to see a move though to like the Clippers, Lakers, Mavs, Bucks, like literally any of those teams I think would be so fun to see him on. So, uh, and Russell Westbrook quickly, the Clippers and Lakers are both looking at Russell Westbrook. I don't know what they were watching last year to make them want to trade for him, but that, that is like astounding to me. Do you get that at all? He had some pretty excellent months uh, towards the middle of the season. Do you see him in the playoffs though? Oh, I saw him. I saw him shit his pants in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. And like, but, what are they thinking? I mean, I don't know. They, he would make them a higher seed. Um, that would be an interesting chance to see Russell Westbrook really as a more off ball guy. Like it's not up to him whether they win or lose. He's just an extra piece. That's the interesting thing about him though. Like what does he even bring to the table? If you take the ball out of his hands, like he needs the ball to even be considered an NBA player. Uh, that's a little ridiculous. He's won an MVP. Um, I, I think he's a little better than that, but I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's a shooter. He's an explosive cutter. Um, I, but you're right. I don't know. I don't know how much he really brings. 
because Kawhi Leonard's not looking for lots of passes. He's not a bad passer, but it's not his go-to. Yeah. Um, neither is Paul George. So he's putting the ball in their hands, and then he's kind of just floating around the perimeter. Yeah. Um, but he'll yeah. bring good defense, and he'll bring good hustle, and he'll bring good leadership. And those are important things for the Clippers, leadership especially. I don't know, man. I hate it. I hate it more than anything. I've ever, I won't root for the Clippers next year if they do sign Russell Westbrook. I just couldn't deal with it. So I guess that's a good way to end the episode because if I keep talking about it, I'm going to spontaneously combust. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. The draft's going to be so sick tonight. I really do believe there's going to be teams flying up and down the draft board, trading up, trading down, surprise picks being chosen, some huge trades being made. I think this is going to be a really, really fun night. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot to watch out for with trades. And I hope this isn't one of those years where there's so much talk, so much smoke, and then absolutely no fire, and then the draft <laughs> just happens. Yeah, yeah. And real quick, before we move on, I found out because of the quick turnaround, Summer League starts in, like, only a week. Yeah. So these, these guys get drafted, and then we get to watch them play next week, and we'll bring you plenty of that content, too. So, yeah, this is going to be a good couple of weeks. Good way to end summer. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. If you want to interact with us at The Chase Down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Blogger at The Chase Down Pod to join the conversation. Peace, everybody.